Yeah, welcome to another podcast episode on the VC English Comparative, Penelope Ad and Photograph 51. Um, today we're talking about wit and ingenuity, and I'm joined with by Azmitha and Shalaka. Hello. Okay, well, hello. Okay, let's get started. What does wit and ingenuity mean in the context of these two um, texts? Yep, so I reckon um, ingenuity in these texts is more about um, being original and creative, and um, whereas wit is more like a sort of intelligence and like shrewdness um, in these texts. Yep, um, I'll just add on to that how wit is, I think, um, a lot more in the moment. I don't think it's as planned as ingenuity is often because I think I kind of relate ingenuity to uh, Penelope and her shroud, whereas I kind of relate wit with being more in the moment and uh, kind of in response a lot more. Mm. So where do we see the wit and ingenuity playing out within these two texts? Um, So I reckon, um, like, from, like, the very start in the Penelope ad, um, Penelope starts off by calling storytelling um, a low art. And, you know, she does say that um, it's for, like, the lower class. But, like, when we um, discover why, it's more because stories sort of give her the ability to twist and manipulate her words. And she recognises this. She knows that she's able to, I guess, sort of distort the truth and pose her story as, um, I guess, the truth. And we see her wit and, like, I guess you could say her, like, caustic wit and, like, ferocious humour throughout the way that she tells her story. Mm. Shalaka? Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and adding on to that, I think um, she uses, I think they both of them use their wit and ingenuity, uh, both as in Penelope and Rosalind, they use it to um, compete in ways that they can't um, in their own patriarchal societies. I think it's something that they use to kind of level the playing field and give themselves an edge over whoever they're competing with. So let's unpack that a little bit more about the level, the playing field. Why is it, um, do we think that is as evident in Photograph 51 um, as it is in the Penelope ad? I think so. Um, there's a, I have a, there's a quote here that um, Penelope uses in the Penelope ad um, where she says that, um, well, she's talking about Odysseus, but she says that um, if a man lives by his wits as he did, he needs to have those wits always at hand and kept sharp like axes or swords so when she's relating she's relating wits to weaponry in a way um and i think because she isn't able to as a female in her society um fight with weapons the same way that um odysseus might be able to she she uses her wits uh to her to her own advantage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what about in photograph 51 is there an equatable notion of um weaponizing wit does that moment sort of highlight anything about rosalind or the men um, I definitely think that, um, okay, in the Penelope ad, um, wit is like something that Penelope uses to compete like against Helen. It's the one advantage that she has. Whereas in Photograph 51, it's about uh, Rosalind being um, surrounded by all these men around her. And she's sort of, um, I guess, forced on a daily basis to outwit them and outsmart them because of the fact that, well, you can see how they feel, I guess, sort of threatened by her presence because they've never met a woman like her someone who's willing to like stand up to them. Mm. So in other words, kind of using her wit to sort of survive um, 
in, in that environment because you're sort of backed into a corner by the men in the lab. Is that what we're trying to say? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've got this um, idea of wit being used as a survival tool, wit being able to kind of um, stay ahead of the competition. And I think we see that a lot with um, Penelope and the suitors. But what about ingenuity? How, how does in, so ingenuity we've defined earlier as, I guess, a sort of plan? So how does that manifest itself within the text, aside from the initial storytelling part in the Penelope, do we think? Um, I think the main example of ingenuity would definitely be um, Penelope's uh, shroud and the weaving and then her uh, unraveling it at night and then uh, working on it with the maids during the day. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that the fact that she unravels it at night, it could sort of symbolise the fact that um, how she's sort of been living in the dark and perhaps under Helen's shadow and Odysseus's shadow, no one really is aware of like her wit and her, um, how clever she is. And like, we often find that um, she almost rivals Odysseus in um, wit and uh, the way that she uh, puts out her plan and executes her plan. Mm. And then what about ingenuity in photograph 51? Who shows that within that text? That is. I feel like, um, I feel like it's the um, sort of the opposite in photograph 51. It's more um, Watson and Crick being able to see um, the shape, whereas Rosalind sort of loses that ability um, as a result of like the patriarchy around her and like all the sexism directed towards her. She sort of loses the ability to see the structure and use her ingenuity, which ultimately leads to her not being able to see the structure and the others being able to find it. Mm. Um, and just a like a I guess another uh, viewpoint on that is I think that um I think that Rosalind also has a lot of ingenuity in the way that um she's very much focused on the science um, of what she's doing and she's uh, she's very structured in the way that she goes about it. Um, whereas the male scientists that she's with, um, they do they talk a lot about I mean they try to reduce her down to her her femininity um well her lack of maybe but um they talk about you know um when they're at the the colloquium, I think it is, um, and she's talking about she's presenting her uh, findings on the on the DNA and stuff, and they're just kind of they're talking over her and they're talking about her appearance and how she could be more attractive if she did something with her hair. And I think that um, the difference in the way that like the fact that she's so solely focused on the science and um, not being wrong, it's um, that's her ingenuity there because she's trying so hard to succeed. Mm. And do we think that maybe in photograph fifty one? Um, and the in ingenuity of, um, and I guess the smartness or the plan from Rosalind is sort of detrimental to her cause because of how maybe determined she is to be 100% right all the time. I think it does um, lead a bit to her demise, but I also think that it's more, um, it's more the way that she's, I guess, well, she was brought up to kind of believe that because there's, there's a quote by her father where she's talking about how um, if she is to pursue a, um, a career in this field, she can't ever be wrong because that's what that's all that people would talk about. And I think that because um, because she's had to be brought up in this like a male-dominated field, she's had to work so hard. And I think that she's not able to look at anything outside of purely the science itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how about in the Penelope? Do we think her ingenuity is sort of undoing of? Maybe not herself. Well, I think to a degree herself um, and also the maids. What do you think about that? 
Um, I definitely think it has a part to play. Um, in um, the Penelope ad, it's, I feel like it's more about um, Penelope's, I guess, ignorance, um, not ignorance, but like her willingness to ignore what's happening around her because like um, in the text, she usually sleeps during like the most important, um, like I guess, scenes that happen. And um, her wit and ingenuity do play a part in this, but it's more of like, and like the um, her, as her like the aspect of her personality. That's more like you know I, I don't want to take part in this, and I feel like she's aware of that. Mm, mm. Um, and do we think the maids have wit or ingenuity throughout the text? I think the maids are quite witty, especially in um, the well in all the choruses that they they sing. The different they use the different forms. They do laments and ballads. They do sea shanties. I think. Um, I think they're quite witty in the way that they speak in those and the way that they convey their story. Mm, mm. And I think, yeah, I think you're quite right in the idea that the the wit within their um, response to Penelope, you know, they, you know, you can almost imagine um, Penelope being on stage and the maids kind of coming in at the right points to sort of undermine her stories. And, I think for me, one of the things that's really interesting about the topic of wit and ingenuity is that when we sort of relate that to Photograph 51, I think there's a whole counter-narrative going on with Watson um, to um, Rosalind because I think he is both witty and he's actually quite crafty, which he shows his ingenuity because he's sort of ahead of the game and he knows... You know, one of the things that I find really interesting is that when he um, when we first sort of meet when he first sort of meets Rosalind, he actually understands that she has the science to kind of solve the mystery, um, but he's very crafty in the way he's going to be able to use her and get that information from her. Um, and I think that's, a, I think it's a real, um, maybe neglected character, because I feel like this was a question on one of the early diagnostics um, when we first did this text that, in fact, I think Watson shows a lot of wit and ingenuity um, and I think that's something that can't be ignored. And just building on that, I think he's also, um, he also kind of um, exhibits his ingenuity in the way that he tells the story because um, he tells it in such a way that he, um, he almost deflects blame of himself for the way that um, he treated Rosalind in the same way, I guess, that Penelope um, expresses her story in a way that she's victimised or she victimises herself. Mm, I think that's a really good comparison point. And what about Helen? What do you guys think about Helen and the topic of wit and ingenuity? Because she's being sold as beauty and she doesn't really have either by Penelope. Um, how, do we, how true do we think that is? I definitely think that Helen's beauty is like the weapon that she uses to survive, similar to how Penelope relies on her wit because beauty is not something that she has. Um, but Helen, I don't think it would be correct to say she doesn't have any wit or ingenuity. It's just not something that we see much throughout the text because of the way that Penelope portrays her as this sort of sinister, like nefarious sort of character um, that she's like a victim of. Um, but like Helen, like the fact that she does run away with Paris and she is able to do these things, she definitely um, has some wit in her, even though Penelope doesn't really portray it in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what do we think about the value of beauty in comparison to wit and ingenuity? What do we think is being valued more throughout the two texts? I think that they value, I think that they value beauty more 
um, at times, um, particularly through, because um, particularly through Helen, um, the way that Penelope describes herself as a second prize, um, because it's the suitors that are competing for her um, are the ones that missed out on uh, Helen's hand. I think in that, like, the authors are kind of uh, portraying how, how important beauty is to them. But then in the same way that the male scientists in Photograph 51 kind of reduce Rosalind back down to her appearance and um, the fact that her handshake was too firm, um, it seems like that's, that it makes me think that they value beauty more. But I think that the characters within it, such as Rosalind and Penelope, actually value wit more. Mm. Okay, what, what else do we have for wit and ingenuity? Um, I definitely think that wit and ingenuity, it's sort of, um, we can see like the double standards of like the patriarchal society that they live in because um, wit is something that's more prized in men and looked favorably, favorably upon like um, Odysseus. He is um, looked towards for his wit and for his wisdom and for his um, insensitivity. And I think that um, the fact that the women are more like Ashalaka said, reduced to like their beauty and like their appearances. They're not really given credit for their wit. It sort of shows like how like there's double standards in the society regarding this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shalaka, do you have anything else to add for wit and ingenuity? Um, I think the main way that I the main way that I look at look at it in the text is definitely the um, the way that the female characters have to utilize it because they feel like they don't have much else to go on to compete. Mm. I think so. I think one of the things here is that we ingenuity is almost inexplicably linked to survival and the way they kind of navigate that. And I think um, students out there listening maybe need to think about what is needed to be survived. You know, like for Penelope, it's literally life and death and um, also not being owned by some, like it is still life and death because even if she does cave into the suitors, um, she has to watch how long she can actually live for because there's, you know, all that stuff by the suitors going, I would have murdered you eventually or, died, or wish you died of old age. Um, but I think for survival for Rosalind is something different. It's not life or death. Even though she does die at the end, it is more survival in terms of her being respected as a professional. Um, and I think that's something that's really important to distinguish here because she's not competing with the men. Um, in sort of in this context, I think. And I think that's something that um, we have to watch that because I don't think there's competition in that sense. She's not aware of the competition, whereas I think the men are seeing it as a competition. And I think that's something that's worth sort of dividing between um, when it comes to wit and ingenuity. So what do you two think about competition and wit and ingenuity in Photograph 51? Um, I definitely agree with what you said about Rosalind because uh, she, she's not really aware of like the race around her. She's not really invested in that. She's more invested in being like a good scientist. And as you said, being respected. Um, whereas the men around her are more focused on like the end outcome, like the recognition and the fame. Whereas Rosalind is more about like being like a good scientist. Mm, yeah. and I also think that um, what you're talking about survival, I think it's, um, for Penelope and Odysseus, I think it's quite essential for her to uh, give herself this story about. Um, so towards the end, when they're talking, when um, Odysseus comes and goes as he pleases, and um, she's heard this story so many times, it's um, and there's the quote about the two of us by our own admission, proficient and shameless liars of long standing. I think like this acknowledgement of each other um, is uh, about the way that they treat each other. I think that she needs it to survive. Um, 
like that she tells herself these stories in order to survive. Mm. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of interesting. Like mentally survive, do you think? Or like live with that guilt, do you think? Um, I think both. I think um, she needs it to keep herself going. I think because um, at times she feels like everyone's against her when the maid's slaughtering everyone and her son is challenging her. I think that she needs that for herself. But I also think that uh, she needs it to just keep, like give herself a reason to keep running the estates, to keep to keep living. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting there with wit and ingenuity and like self-survival or even tricking yourself to sort of believe in certain things to kind of go on. Um, because I think you've highlighted another sort of pairing. We've got wit, ingenuity, survival, wit, ingenuity, competition, wit, ingenuity, beauty, wit, ingenuity, and self, um, and we talked about uh, self-perception and identity, which um, the others didn't really talk about in terms of wit and ingenuity. And I think the idea of kind of tricking yourself into believing that these facts are true because, um, you know, we see that in Penelope at the end with the sort of guilt she has towards the maids, um, that she recognises she's sort of responsible, but she also wants to deny responsibility at the same time. Um, and I think that's quite an interesting um, point. So are there anything, is there anything else that we sort of missed out that you are desperate to say out into the um, world of podcast land on wit ingenuity? Um, just adding on to like that last bit that you said, um, I found it interesting how Penelope had that dream about the eagle with the crooked beak killing all the geese, which she said like the eagle symbolized um, Odysseus uh, killing the maids. But then again, she doesn't really explain why the beak of the eagle was crooked and why that's important. And I think Penelope is trying to frame herself as like a victim in all of this and shift the blame away from her. Whereas like we can sort of see the eagle um, as representing Penelope herself, um, bringing that um, fate upon the maids. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting observation, sort of selective test storytelling, yeah. How about you, Shalaka? Is there anything else that um, you want to say before we wrap up? Um, just a similar point on the whole victimising thing. I think um, the way she, that she tells a story, and um, when Odysseus comes back and they're exchanging stories about um, his heroic adventures and this and that, and... Um, and she says that um, I related the tale of the suitors and my trick with the shroud of laities and um, my deceitful encouraging. Like she, she kind of like she really talks herself up about her own wit and ingenuity. Um, I think in a way to elevate herself to the standard that she puts Odysseus on. Mm, mm, I agree. So with the additional wit, ingenuity, and storytelling that we started off with. Well, as Mitha and Shalaka, thank you so much for sharing your insights on this topic today. Um, and it's been great hearing your contributions. And this is the second last podcast we're doing. And um, so thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.